Well, River Valley, you are in for a treat today. You're going to be introduced to another one of my ministry friends. And uh, if you know, when I travel and go around the world, God puts people in my life, and I really be, believe it's on purpose. And I'm always looking for another voice or a person that can speak into our church. And six years ago, I ran into Dr. Dave Martin, and uh, we were at the same conference together. And I thought, man, that guy is, is a unique guy. I loved his humor. Uh, I laughed. I groaned. I laughed again. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to laugh today. And uh, I loved his ministry. I loved his heart. And I loved his generosity. So we became friends. And I've watched the way that this man has, has just become just so generous, a giver, a builder of God's kingdom. And so I begged him to come this weekend in November. Uh, I knew it was right before our miracle offering. And uh, he said, I'm going to be in Australia. And he said, I'll have to come back and change a flight and, and squeeze it in. And I said, please, will you come back from Australia? It, November in Minnesota is beautiful. And uh, so I'll, I owe him, all right? So, uh, but he's here, and I, I believe he has just an anointing on his life for people to believe God for more, to increase their faith. And uh, I just want you to, you to welcome my friend and uh, who's going to bring the word today. Will you welcome Dr. Dave Martin to our platform today in our pulpit? Come on. Love you, man. Love you. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Hey, first thing I want you to do, say this with me. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now, how many, I know you just said that because I said to say, but how many believe that could be true? Let me see your hand. How many, that the rest of your life really could be the best of your life. Now, it doesn't mean the rest of your life will be perfect, but that the rest of your life could be good. I mean, that God could really do some great things with your life. John 10, 10 said, Jesus came that you might have Life that you might, in the Amplified, it said that you might have and enjoy life. Life was meant to be enjoyed. Life is a gift. I mean, that's what God gave us, this gift called life. And, and, and what I love about the gift of life is God picked out the gift just for you. You know, none of us are alike. Someone the other day told me, said, Dave, you and me, man, we're just alike. I said, you know, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. <laughs> and I'm going with... Uh, no, none of us are just alike. I mean, I can't be you and you can't be me and I can't be Pastor Rob. I got to be me. I can't teach like him. I'm not as smart and leadership and all that as him, I, but I got to be who God created me to be. I can't be T.D. Jakes. I can't be Joel Osteen. Amen. <laughs> I love that, but I got to be, I, I got to be who God created. <laughs> the other day, someone said, What's Dave Martin like? And someone said, he's kind of a mixture between Joel Osteen and Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> yeah, what in the world does that look like, you know? Just hold your Bible up with me and say, get her done. You know, I don't know. But, uh, but here, here, here's the thing, you know, if I don't unwrap my gift, if I don't become who God wanted me to be, and a lot of people go through life trying to be something else, kind of reminds me, these two snakes slithering down the road and one snake looked at the other snake and said hey are we poisonous <laughs> the snake looked back and said that's a weird question he said why'd you ask me that he said because i just bit my lip <laughs> it's important to know who you are is all i'm saying and so you gotta 
you got to unwrap your gift. And this, and this gift, have you ever bought someone a gift, maybe a birthday or an anniversary, and, and you found just the perfect gift for someone? You know, it's like, oh, they're going to love this. And you couldn't wait to give it to them because you'd got it just for them. You're like, here, open it. And you're waiting for them to open it because you'd picked it out just for them. It'd be discouraging if they said, oh, I'll open it later. You're like, no, open it. I want to see you. I want to see your face. And that's what God said. He goes, here's the life. And some of us go, okay, I'll try to get through it. So let's go, oh, life, okay. And, but other people just rip the paper open. They can't wait to get in there and enjoy life. A couple of Christmases ago, I bought my mother-in-law a gift uh, for Christmas. I got her a cemetery plot. <laughs> and I'd given it to <laughs> my mother-in-law. Anyway, um, I didn't get her anything this year, and she was mad at me. You know, you didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I... I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, when you get someone a gift, you know, and so how do we, how do we unwrap this gift called life? If you got your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter three. What an incredible honor it is for me and my family to be with you guys at River Valley. I mean, we, we travel all over the world and, and I mean, everyone's talking about what God's doing at River Valley and as pastor and I've become friends over the last few years, he's just, you guys are blessed with two incredible people that, and, and a family to pastor you guys, and, uh, and it's just uh, amazing as I go, and, and thank you, by the way, when you release them to go out and minister and to speak other places, I mean, I hear guys in churches all the time that are being impacted by their testimony, by their teaching, and by what God's doing here. You guys are an example to people all over the world, so just thank you. Thank you. Everything's been great. We've loved it. The hotel's great. The gift was great, and, and the, the pillow was fluffy. Okay, uh, let me get to this. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter three. I got on the elevator last night and uh, this lady got on the elevator and she looked at me. She goes, you know, you look just like my third husband. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know how y'all do it here in Minnesota. But I was like, wow, that's, I said, how many times have you been married? And she said twice. <laughs> I, really know. So I, I feel pretty good about myself today here. So <laughs> Ephesians chapter three, Ephesians chapter three. And verse number 20, Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 20. I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. It says this. It says, now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, isn't it good to know God's power is working in you? The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's something on the inside that's working on the outside. God's power is working in me that he'll, I'll be able to carry out his purpose, God's got a purpose for our life, and do super abundantly, uh, that, I like that word right there, isn't that kind of a cool word? Super abundantly, say that, say super abundantly. I love that word, God would do super abundantly. I mean, how many like to see God do some super abundant things in your life before this year's over? I mean, think about it, before this year's over. I mean, we got about 50 days left or so this year. I, I wanna encourage you to believe something. Not just that the rest of your life could be the best of your life, but how about that the rest of your year could be the best of your year? I mean, I'm talking about this year. I'm talking about the last 50 days or so of this year. That God, how many still got some things you'd like to see God do in your life this year? In your family this year? In your business this year? In your finances this year? The rest, say it with me. Say the rest of my year, rest of my year. will be the best of my year. Now, I know you're saying, I mean, look, we got 50 days. Look, God created the world in seven and he rested one of those. So six days, he created the entire world. Think what he could do in 60, 50. 
God's still got something. Have you ever seen a, like an NFL team come back in the second half and do more than they did in the first half? Have you ever, I, I know probably not in Minnesota, but maybe if you watch it on TV, <laughs> you can watch on TV and see. Um, but you know, when the team comes back and you say, how did they do that? In the last few minutes of the game, they came back and they, and I'm believing that kind of thing for us this year. That the rest of our year, in the last few days of this year, God could come back. How many like to be happier the rest of this year? How many like to be healthier the rest of this year? More love in your home the rest of this year. More joy, more peace in your mind. How many like to have more money the rest of this year? I mean, you won't go to hell for that. Let me see your hand if you'd like to. I don't know about money. That's the root of all evil. <laughs> well, that's not what the Bible says, is it? It says the love of money, right? Money is the root of good vacations. <laughs> the other day, someone told me, said, you know, money's not the key to happiness. I said, that's true, but if you got enough money, maybe you could get a key made. <laughs> Here's the thing. Money's not even supposed to make you happy. If you think money's going to make you happy, that has nothing to do with happiness. If you read the Bible, the Bible said in God's presence is where you find joy. In his presence. Money has nothing to do with happiness. All money is, is a tool. It's not good or evil. It's a tool. How you use it makes it good or evil. But in our hands as believers, it's just a tool. I can use the money, the resources that God blesses me with. And what we can see right here on the miracle offering thing, I can use it for good. I can use it to plant churches in China. I can use it to help redo the building here. I can use it for the outreaches and planting churches and vehicles for missionaries. Or I can use it for my own selfish gain. It's how I choose to use it, whether it makes it good, building the house, or evil, selfish gain. So it's my choice what I choose. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? I mean, the more God blesses you, the greater blessing you could be. Wouldn't it be amazing next week, pastor gets up, we're taking the miracle offering. And how many would like to be able to go, hey, uh, pastor, put me down for 100,000 of that. How many would like like to be able to do that? It's not the offering. I'm just asking. How many would like to be able? (laughs) A couple people got nervous. They thought they were pledges. You know, (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that be great to be blessed in order to be a blessing? I mean, how many love your church? Yeah, when you love something, you want to give to the, what you love. The Bible says that where your heart is, your treasure is, where your treasure is, or your heart is, you, you know as you give. I mean, where there is no vision, people perish, but where there are no people, the vision will perish. So it takes us saying, hey, God bless me so I can be a blessing. Heard about a church, got a phone call, and the uh, assistant answered the phone there at the church, and the guy on the other end said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. The assistant said, excuse me? Did you mean the pastor? He said, yep, that's who I'm talking about, the head hog at the trough. She goes, that's rude. That's our pastor. We don't talk about him like that. Can I help you with something? He said, yeah, I heard about the miracle offering next week. I just wanted to give $100,000. The assistant said, well, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. (laughs) The more blessed we are, the greater blessing we can be. And so I'm always looking for ways to be a blessing. The other day, my my little boy and I were at, at Taco Bell. Yeah, so we were in there at Taco Bell, and the lady next to us was planning a little birthday party with her little, her little boy. He's maybe 10 years old, and so I hear the conversation. They're, called, they're talking about the party, and he, he wanted to invite 12 friends to the party, and she said, you can invite 10 friends to the party. He said, but I got 12 friends. She said, well, you can only invite 10 because I can only afford this many pizzas. That's this many slices. That's this many friends. Well, he doesn't understand pizza slices. He just wants all of his friends to be there. And she's upset because, I mean, I'm sure as a mom, she wants him to have all of his friends. She just can't afford more than this certain amount of pizza. She's got it in her budget. And they kind of are starting to argue back and forth a little bit. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. I go, you know what? I'm a man of God. 
I should be able to do something. I should be able to help somehow in this situation. And so I started thinking of things I could do to help uh, the situation. And, and, and first I thought, I, well, I could go pray for them. And why not? I could pray that God would multiply the pizza like he did the loaves and the fishes. There would be enough pizza, maybe he could take some. I could give him some wisdom, slice the pizza smaller. Then you have more slices. He could, we could pray one of his friends move, maybe, get in a fight. I don't know. Anyway, all, I remembered I had a $100 bill in my pocket. I'm blessed to be a blessing. See, when God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. So I'm sitting there. I got this $100 bill in my pocket. And all of a sudden, I just walk over to the table. I say, excuse me. I said, I don't mean to uh, interrupt you guys. I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. But I heard about the party, and look, hey, here's $100. Let them invite those other two friends, and you guys just have a great birthday. God bless you. And I just turned around and walked out, because it wasn't about me, right? It wasn't like, hey, here's $100, and oh, here's one of my cards. Um, check out my website. Follow me on Instagram, um, you know, because it wasn't about me. You know, by the way, you should really follow me on Instagram. It's, it's, uh, uh, but anyway, um, it's Dr. Dave Martin, Twitter also. Anyway, so I, I just left. She's like, who was that guy? I'm sure she got home, told her friends, you're not going to believe this. I'm sitting in Taco Bell, and this big, bald angel showed up. <laughs> he had $100 in it. I'm blessed to be a blessing. So God wants to bless us super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think. Infinitely beyond our, high, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. He will bless us super abundantly, far over and above anything that you would dare. I love that in the Amplified. See that word in parentheses right there? Dare. How, have you, anybody ever been dared to do something? Yeah. Let me see your hand. I grew up down south in Mississippi, and in Mississippi, we would double dog dare you. That's serious if you get a double dog dare. But look here, God's saying, look, anything that you would dare. Now, a dare is kind of a challenge. So what God's saying is, look, I, I challenge you. I dare you to ask bigger. He said, anything you'll ask for, anything you could think of, if you're going to be thinking anyway, you might as well think big. And so he's like, anything you could think of with God, all things are possible. He said, whatever you'll think of, dream of, ask for, believe for, he said, I will do super abundantly far over and above even that. To me, that's a challenge to believe God for more. How many want to see God do more? In your life, in our church, more souls to get saved, more uh, cities to be touched. I mean, think about this. This is not just one area of our life. This is every area of our life to dare to believe that God could do more than what he's done, that the rest of our year could be the best of our year. If you'll take my dare, I want you to write down the word dare. Just take the word dare, D-A-R-E. Write down those four letters. If you got your phone, this won't be for everybody, by the way. This is only for people that want the rest of their year to be the best of their year. If that's you, if you dare to believe that it could get better, that God could still do some things in your life, in your business, in your finances, in your family before this year's over, just write those four letters, D-A-R-E. The letter D, write decide. Decide. Decide what? Well, first of all, you got to decide that today could be a good day. That's a good decision to make. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I decided today was going to be a good day. That's a decision. I decided that the rest of my year really will be the best of my year. You got to decide that. 
You got you to really, you know, the average person makes about 2,400 decisions every single day. I mean, you've already made a lot of decisions this morning. You decide to come to church. You decide to get up. You decided what to wear. You decided to have coffee or not to have coffee, to eat breakfast, what to eat for breakfast. You've been making decisions all day. Some decisions don't make any big deal or change your future, but other decisions really begin to shape or form our destiny. So our decisions are important. How many have ever made a bad decision? Yeah, how many know a bad decision can mess up a lot of stuff? So how many like to have right decisions all the rest of this year? All your decisions will be right decisions. So decide, this is the day the Lord has made. People say, well, well, is everything perfect in your life? Of course not. Nothing's perfect in anyone's life. We all have things happen. I mean, John 16, says that in the world, you will have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. Isn't that awesome? Just wanted to encourage you a little bit today. In the world, you're going to go through some stuff. But be of good cheer. Yeah, he said, look, lighten up. Be of good cheer. And where would you be, I mean, uh, without, without God? Because he said, with him, be of good cheer. He said, I've already overcome the world. I've deprived it of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So, yeah, you'll go through some stuff. It's like, how many have ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence? Yeah, what did you do when the airplane hit turbulence? Prayed. <laughs> I heard someone say, I prayed, you know, uh, buckled up. If you weren't buckled up, you held on. I mean, what, I don't, let me ask you this. When the plane hit turbulence, did anybody just get off right then? <laughs> like I'm out of here. This is too much. No, you just buckled up. You held on. Same thing in life. How many have ever had some turbulence in life? Yeah. Trials, tribulation, distress, things got a little bumpy. What do you do? Pray, hold on, buckle up. You don't just quit. You don't just give up. I, I was on a flight with this lady the other day. She had never flown before. And so we were talking. She goes, I've never flown before. I'm like, it's fine. I'm on the plane. It'll be all right. <laughs> so we talked for a few minutes. And, and then I fall asleep pretty quick. So I'd fallen asleep. We hit some turbulence. It started getting a little shaky. She starts hitting me. She goes, hey, hey, wake up. I'm like, huh? She's like, do something. I'm like, what do you want me to do? She goes, I don't know. Aren't you like a preacher or something? I'm like, I'm a preacher. I'm not a pilot. You know, I don't know what you want me to do about turbulence. She goes, I don't know. She goes, do something religious. <laughs> so I got up and took an offering. Um, in the world, you got trials, but be of good cheer. Yeah, look, decide to make today a good day. Things happen all the time. The other day, I live in Orlando, Florida. The other day, I rear a car. That'll mess up your day. You know, you're in the car and you're kind of catching your bearings. And, and then the guy in the car gets mad. He's, he comes back at my car yelling and banging on my window. I'm like, what in the world? You know, I, I did it was an accident. I rolled the window down and it was, I looked over and it was a, a little dwarf right at my window. I, I wasn't expecting that. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, I am not happy. And I was like, which one are you? You know? <laughs> In the world, you know, you just go through things, but be of good cheer. Yeah, look, here's another one. Here's another one. Decide, decide to get wisdom. Decide to get wisdom. And that's, listen, that's the most important one. If you, all the other decisions, decide to get wisdom because wisdom, the Bible says, is the principal thing. It's the most important thing you can get. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 that a wise person, if you're smart, you'll want to get smarter. Proverbs 2 says that the Lord grant you a spirit of wisdom. Proverbs 3 says wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. Uh, it, I mean, it goes on to tell us all about the value of wisdom. And Proverbs 4 says whatever you do, get it. Whatever you do, get wisdom. 
So how do you get it? How do you, how do you get it? Plus here, here's the thing. If you, how many want the rest of your year to be the best of your year? Let me see your hand. Okay. If the rest of my year is going to be different than the first part of my year, I'm going to have to do some things different the rest of this year. Because if I do the same thing the rest of this year, I did the first part of the year. The rest of the year will end up just like the first part of the year. It's like this. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, you've got to learn something today in order to make tomorrow different. So I've got to learn something every single day. That's where wisdom comes in. What can I learn today in order to make tomorrow different? So I try to learn something every single day. Sometimes it's little things. I learned the other day, you're more likely to get shot by a fat cop if you run. Some of y'all get that later. Um, just little things. Sometimes there's little things that you learn. You know, I learned not everybody spells their name the same. Like I'll, I'll go back after service and I'll sign books. I like to sign books and meet people. And so I'm, I'm signing books and, and names. People spell names all kind of different ways. You know, like Cheryl could be with a C or with an S. Uh, uh, Amy is like four different ways to spell that. Uh, Sean. And so there's a girl, new girl at Starbucks. The other day. I was just kidding with her because she had a little trainee badge on. She was new, you know, and I'm like, that's funny. You know, your name's trainee. Your mom named you trainee. <laughs> She looked at me. She said, it's Trené. <laughs> like, how would I have known that? You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm just, all I'm telling you is there's always something to learn. There's always something. So wisdom. How do you get wisdom? Three ways you can get wisdom. Number one, you can get it from mistakes. That's the slowest way to get it, by the way. Number two, you can get it from other people's mistakes. How many would rather get your wisdom from like Pastor Rob or Becca's mistakes? I'd much rather learn from their mistakes than my own. That's called mentorship. So God puts mentors, pastors, trainers in our life to help us. We don't have to make the same mistakes. Third way to get wisdom is you can buy it. That's the quickest way to get it. You can go to Barnes and Noble. What took a man his entire lifetime to figure out? You can buy his book and for $20, you can learn in three hours. It'd be crazy not to buy wisdom. Plus the Bible tells us it's more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. I remember one time I was in a meeting with a guy named Peter J. Daniels. He's a wealthy businessman from Australia. I went to a seminar. It cost $3,000 to go to a seminar. Well, while I'm there, he's teaching and sharing. And he, he's, I mean, he's got great information. I'm getting some great stuff. Let me ask you this question. How many would like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, that just means there's something you don't know. If you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it means there's something you don't know. When I heard that, I went from being a know-it-all to being a learn-it-all. Obviously, there were some things I don't know. And I've noticed this. Successful people learn from other successful people. Unsuccessful people think they know it all. Wealthy people learn from other wealthy people. Broke people. You ever notice it's always your broke cousin that knows everything? (laughs) So here's the thing. So I'm at the seminar and at the end he goes, hey, by the way, I've got some books and CDs. Make yourself available to those. So as soon as it was over, I ran back there. I said, give me everything he's got. They said, you want everything? I said, everything. He knows something I don't know. They said, they added it up. They said, if you buy everything, it'll be $1,600. I said, that's fine. I'll take it all. And my friend with me said, you're crazy. $1,600 for some books and CDs. He goes, you think it's worth it? I said, I don't know, but I think I'm worth it. Because I don't buy a book because I think the paper's worth it. I buy the book because I think I'm worth it. If I don't believe I'm worth investing in, why would anybody else invest in me? Plus, if I believe the Bible, the Bible said wisdom's more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. And all that costs more than $1,600. So this sounds like a pretty good deal. You go to my house, I've got 4,000 books, thousands of CDs, DVDs. I can't get enough. I can't get enough wisdom because there's something. The difference between where you are and where you want to be is what you know. 
tonight at uh, six o'clock. We're going to do at six o'clock, right? The Ultimate Life Seminar. And I would encourage you, again, this won't be for everybody tonight, but if you really want the rest of your year to be the best of your year, I would encourage you to rearrange some things and whatever you need to do to get back here tonight at six o'clock, invest 90 minutes in yourself. Because what we're going to do is we're going to get into some real principles from God's word. There's a big difference between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus prepares you for heaven. The principles of Jesus prepare you for earth. There are principles in God's word. You know, there are ungodly men who will use godly principles. The other day, I read 10 things Donald Trump does every single day. I found all 10 of them in the book of Proverbs. Now, he couldn't tell you they were in the book of Proverbs. He doesn't know that. But yet, all these principles are godly principles that God put there for us. Yet, the world is using the principles and achieving ungodly results while the church is missing the principles and wonder why we struggle or why we haven't got where we could be or accomplished what we could accomplish. And so, tonight, we're going to talk about that. So, if you can, rearrange your, your schedule. Come back 90 minutes. We're going to have a little, uh, a little seminar and no, no worship or anything. I think we're just going to get right into it. We're going to hit it. And, uh, and it's going, it'll be well worth your investment of time. If you believe in you, invest in you, come back. So anyway, um, I, I got a lot of good stuff. I got one idea of that $1,600 worth of stuff I bought from that guy. One idea that I put together, I sold the idea. And within about eight months, this idea produced me a little over $300,000. Say praise the Lord. <laughs> Y'all a little jealous about that, aren't you? you little... I bet you'd be happier if it was your idea. I'm sure. How many would be happy if you had a $300,000 idea? That's what I thought. I mean, be happy if you just had like a $50,000 idea. You just, I'll take one of those. How many just hope you have an idea before you die? Just, I hope I think of something. All I'm saying is you always invest in what you find valuable. So decide to get wisdom. Decide to get wisdom. And we'll get into some more of that tonight. It'll be well worth it. Uh, the letter A, accept responsibility. Accept responsibility. We'll talk about that more tonight too. But uh, because that in this in this coaching system I've got. By the way, these are the couple of things that we got uh, back there that'll that'll help you. Um, accept responsibility. Quit blaming everyone else for your problems. You know, a lot of people. That's the government's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's uh, my wife's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's always someone else's fault. When we learn to take responsibility for the things that we need to change. I'm in the doctor's office getting my physical. He said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. Well, that's Krispy Kreme's fault. It's not my fault. I didn't make those donuts that good, you know. I didn't decide to come up with the red light that flashes when they're hot. That's distracting. You know, that red light, you know, that's the flames of hell. And that red light's like the devil trying to pull you in. But, uh, but my decision yesterday to eat the donut got me the place I am today, 20 five pounds overweight. So my decision starting today begins to shape my future tomorrow. So I've got to make these decisions. So I'm like, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to, my wife said, honey, you got the body of a God. I was like, Hey, thanks, baby. She said, yeah, Buddha. <laughs> anyway, the first chapter, I, I wrote a, a, a book and the first chapter in this book is called 12. Uh, the book's called 12 traits of the greats. We'll talk about some of this stuff tonight. Uh, but I took over 500 hours and I just studied great achievers, people that have done great in life, whether it's great in the business field, the battlefield, the baseball field, whatever field of life they were in, they accomplished great things. And I found there were common 
traits in their life. 12 common traits I found that I put together in this book. And uh, we just go through the 12 traits. And so I put it together because, you know, you can read something and you kind of get it. But if you write stuff down, it helps you even more. So I put a workbook together to help people so they could write it down. How many remember better when you write stuff down? Yeah, that's me too. And then I, I put, I do a lot of coaching with, uh, with athletes, with uh, businesses, corporations, those kind of things. I can't sit down and coach every person individually. So this is a way that we can do that. There's 12 coaching sessions. So there's a video for each of the traits. So you put the video in and we'll just go through that trait, how to develop it, how to put it in your life. And then there's 12 audio sessions, one for every trait that you put in your car. And that week, just listen to it over and over until you get tired of hearing it. When you get tired of hearing it, you're just starting to get it. So listen to it a couple more times after that. Because uh, how, how many have ever watched a movie five times? How many saw things the fourth time? You didn't see the first. Like, I never caught that before. And so that's just four different ways that you get the information. But it's things like responsibility. That's the first chapter. Because if you can make it through, if you can just accept responsibility for yourself, you'll get a long ways in life. Uh, mindset, which we'll talk a lot about tonight. Because if you could change your thinking you could change your life. I know a lot of time in the spirit-filled church, we thought the scripture said, be transformed by the removal of your mind. But it actually, it says by the renewal of your mind. It's a change in the way you think. How many would admit that you've ever limited yourself? Your, your own thinking has limited you. Let me see your hand. Yeah, most of us. So how do we expand it? How do we, how do we really believe and believe bigger? And, and, and so we're gonna develop some things with our mindset. We'll talk about that passion, 52% of Americans hate their jobs because they haven't discovered why they're created, what they're here for, their passion. So I ask you, and there are seven questions to ask yourself. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Relationships, no one succeeds alone. Focus, the only reason people fail, broken focus. Uh, tonight, we'll get into some stuff on focus that's really gonna help you. Um, and and, and uh, courage, persistence, all those kind of things. All those are 12 of the traits. And if you're into personal development and you wanna see it from God's view, I'll show you where Jim Carrey used one of those traits. But I trace all the way back to Abraham. Abraham use the exact same trait because it's there for us in the Bible. And so anyway, you can get the whole thing. And this weekend here at, at River Valley, uh, we, we did a, a special on it. If you buy it on, on, web, on our website, it's $400. If you bought it at a corporate event we were at, a secular event, it'd be $400. At uh, River Valley this weekend, while we have them left, uh, I think there's about 20 of them, and uh, you, can, you can get it for half price. So, um, so it's $200 for the whole thing. That's half price. Say thank you. Okay, at least be grateful. It's half price. Um, but it's not for everybody. We didn't bring enough for everybody. But those who are into wisdom. And also, if, if you're into computers and stuff, I don't know where it's at. There's a USB um, or there's a USB version of it. I don't have it up here, but there's a USB version that you can plug in your computer. You get the ebook, the PDF, and you can watch the videos on your iPad or whatever. So if you want the USB version, let them know that. If you get the USB version, they'll give you this video with it. Uh, you can't buy this video, but they'll give it to you for free uh, if you get the USB. We filmed this at a little church down in Houston that was struggling called Lakewood Church. And so I went down to help them. And, um, and Joel Osteen, he's doing a lot better now. Um, so... But it's called A Night of Hope and Humor. It's a lot of fun. You can't buy it, but if you get the USB version, they'll give that to you, uh, give that with it. Uh, the letter R, the letter R. We'll get more into responsibility tonight. The letter R, oh, and the letter E is expect favor. We'll talk a little bit about that tonight as well. But how many would like to have more of God's favor in your life? Favor is one of the greatest things you'll ever receive from God. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for increases in your life. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. So as you learn to recognize the little things that God does, 
You'll be amazed at the big things that he can do. I mean, have you ever gone to the mall, the parking lot's full, but all of a sudden the front spot opens up. Thank you, Lord, for favor. The other night we went to a restaurant. They said, it's going to be a 50-minute wait. And within five minutes we were in our seat. People said, well, how did that? Well, it was just coincidence. Someone just left when you... I said, thank you, Lord, for favor. Whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. My little boy Solomon, he's in the kids, uh, kids church today. We were at, at Dave and Buster's. Y'all have Dave and Buster's here? Uh, you know, where you win video. You win tickets. You know, when you play video games, you win tickets. You trade the tickets in, you get prizes. And so he had been playing video games, and we had won about 300 tickets. And so we were going to trade those 300 tickets in, because for 300 tickets, you can, um, you can get a spider ring. $87 for a stinking spider. Anyway, um, all of a sudden this guy walks up out of nowhere and says, hey, buddy, I'm not going to use these if you want them, and hands my son this big stack of tickets. It was over a 1,000 tickets. Solomon grabbed the tickets. He looked at him. He looked at me. He goes, Dad, favor. I said, yes. If I can get him to recognize that God cares about those little details, whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. Whatever you're thankful for increases in your life. And so, anyway, if you can only get one thing back at the table, and I'll come back and sign these if you, if you want to. It's, it's this book, The Force of Favor. And uh, I give you seven ways to increase your favor. Luke 2.52 said, Jesus increased in favor. And so we talked to you about how to increase your favor, seven ways you can increase your favor. Just the introduction alone on the law of recognition, whatever you recognize, you become thankful for. If you'll go home and read the introduction this afternoon, I'm telling you, in the next 24 hours, you'll start seeing God's favor in your life that you weren't even, I weren't even aware of the things that God was doing. Anyway, I'd encourage you to get that if you can only get one thing. Let me, let's go back to the letter R and we'll wrap this up. What was D again? Decide to get wisdom. wisdom. Yeah, good class. The letter A was accept what? Responsibility. Responsibility. The letter E was expect favor. The letter R is respond generously. Respond generously. For God so loved the world that he gave. How many like giving? Let me see your hand if you like to give. Let me see your hand. Yeah, most of us do. It's just kind of the way God made us. God made us and created us in his image so giving is just kind of part of who we are. For God loved the world so much that he gave. So most of us, we like to give. Now, I grew up in church. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. My great-grandfather was a preacher. I've been in church my whole life. And, and uh, we learned about tithe and offering growing up. I mean, we didn't learn about it like you do here at River Valley, about, you know, the, the, the gift of giving and the, the, uh, the, the joy of generosity and the grace. And we didn't learn about all that. It was like, boy, you better pay your tithe or God will kill you. Anybody go to a church like that? Let me see. Have you ever went to, yeah, yeah, we were scared of that. We, we went to kids' church. They taught us songs as kids, you know. God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. <laughs> to us, God was kind of like the godfather of the mafia, and tithe was like protection money. Just give him his money. He won't break your leg. Uh, we didn't learn the joy of giving. And, and, and that, that, that really it was a, a blessing of God. It really has nothing. You know, it was, it was always, could you pass the money test? If you really think about it, I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with money because God doesn't even need our money. God owns everything. Like he, needs my, like he needs my money. Like he's pacing heaven going, oh, I hope Dave tithes. We just got new robes for the angels. I don't know how to pay for all this. God doesn't need my money. Tithing really has nothing to do with money. Now, it is a test. It's not a money test, but it is a test. The only place in the Bible God even said to test him was in this area of tithing where he said, hey, test me and see if I'll not open up heaven, pour out blessings on you. It's not really about money, though. 
It's not a money test. It's a trust test. It's a trust. How many believe the Bible? Let me see your hand one more time. Okay. Uh, how many believe God wrote it to help you? Isn't that amazing? We all believe he wrote it and we all believe he wrote it to help us. But when it comes to this part, we're like, mm, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's a trick. Maybe that part's a trick. That's why I had to look, look, trust me. I'm trying to help you here. And I remember 17 years ago, my wife and I lived in a little government assisted apartment, section eight housing. We didn't have a bed. We just got married. We didn't have a bed. We had a little air mattress. We didn't have a dining room table and chairs. We were just starting our ministry. Dave Martin International. <laughs> People laughed at us like, international, where y'all been? We'd never been anywhere. The small ministry. I did everything. Answered my own phones. You know, Dave Martin International. How may I help you? Can I speak with Dave? One moment, please. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> like, wow, your staff is so efficient. The small ministry. I used to lay hands on people, run behind them, catch them. Okay, so you go. Um, so it was a small ministry. I did everything all by myself, and and. But in that little apartment, we began to understand generosity. We began to tithe. We were faithful in our tithe. Someone had challenged us to try it, to give it a shot, 90 days. Give it a shot, see if it works. If it doesn't work, quit doing it. Obviously, God's not telling the truth. So we gave it a shot, 90 days. That was 17 years ago. We've never quit. I'd encourage you, if you've never even tried it, you should give it a shot. I mean, if you believe the Bible, why not give it a shot? What if you just did between now and the end of the year? You just said, hey, God, I'm going to be faithful in my giving. Now and the end of the year, I'm going to, if you've never tied, try it. If you, if you're unfa- if you just, every now and then, doesn't mean you don't love God, but you just haven't been as faithful as you could. Give it a shot. I mean, what can it hurt? If it doesn't work, quit doing it. Obviously, God's not telling the truth. But what if it does work? What if the Bible is actually true? I mean, you, what, if, if, if God's lying, you'd rather find out down here, wouldn't you? You then get up to heaven, finds like a motel or something. <laughs> so above our tithe, we begin to give. I remember our church was taking a miracle offering at that time. I mean, there, we weren't at levels where we could give tens and twenty thousands and 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 hundred thousand. We, I mean, we were just we made five hundred dollars a week. I never forget we gave five hundred dollars in this miracle offering. It was it was the biggest thing we'd ever done in our whole life. I remember sitting there, the preacher said, there's several people here tonight uh, that'll be able to give in the offering $500. And I remember sitting on the second row right over there thinking, whoa, I hope God speaks to them. (laughs) I didn't want to be one, just whoever they were, I was hoping God would talk to them. All of a sudden I felt like God said, you're one of them, give 500. I said, oh, shoot. (laughs) I remember I started to reach for my checkbook. About the time I did, the guy next to me yells, I'm one of them. I said, whew. I guess I overheard God talking to him, you know. <laughs> so I put my checkbook back in my pocket. My wife then never says, God telling you anything? I said, I don't know, is he telling you anything? She said, I think we're supposed to give 500. Shoot. <laughs> Remember, I got my checkbook out. I had $503 in there. When you have 503 and God wants 500 of it, you, know, you want to make sure he knows what he's doing. I remember I kind of leaned my checkbook up toward heaven so he could see how much I had. He said he already knew how much I had. That's why he didn't ask for more. <laughs> I'm writing the check. Ink is smearing from the tears. <laughs> yeah. God loves the cheerful giver. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I can't find anywhere in the Bible where he doesn't love uncheerful givers. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. If you're happy every time you give, you probably don't give a lot. There's a lot of times I hadn't been happy. I was willing. I was obedient. I wasn't happy. It was everything I had. 
Leave me $3 left in here. I go, I'm, I'm crying. People are like, you shouldn't cry when you give to God. I said, I'm not. I'm just watering my seed. <laughs> and we planted that $500. And God spoke to us that day. And I'm going to close with this. I'm going to pray for you. But God spoke to us that day. $500 was everything we had. Some of you are like, $500, what's the big deal about that? And, and, and it won't be, you know, like next week at the miracle offering. It won't be that we all give the same amount. I mean, that day, $500 was everything we had. There's people probably sitting on the same road as us. They could have gave 10, 20,000, easy, not even really thought about it. So it won't, next week, it won't be that we all give the same amount. But if every one of us, what kind of did like God did, he gave his best. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His son, his son right? Not, but not just any son. He gave his only son. Think about that. It wasn't like he had three sons. He's like, here, take the second one. Oh, God, that one's on our nerves. No, it was his only son. He gave us his best. I would encourage you next week as we have opportunity to bring our offering to God, if every one of us just did our best. And God spoke to me, so there was a scripture in Ephesians that said, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And God spoke to us that day, 17 years ago in that little apartment and said, what you make happen for my house, I'll make happen for your house. And tonight, maybe I'll have time to share a little bit of our, our testimony of where God's brought us from that little apartment to 17 years later. We, we have a house, we've got a bed, and we even have a guest bed if you want to come by. Um, and, it, and everything's paid for. We, we were able a year ago to buy our new house and totally pay cash for the house. And I never dreamed I'd be able to pay cash for a house. But 17 years ago, I made a decision to build God's house with $500. The next year with $1,000, $2,500, $5,000. I'm just beginning to work. See, faith is a muscle. You got to exercise it if you want it to grow. And so if you give the same thing every year, that doesn't, that, that's, that's like going in the gym and lifting the same amount every year. At some point, you got to add a little weight on the end. And you move up 2,500, 5,000, 10,000. I remember the first time we gave $25,000. Our church was building a youth center. Miracle offering. Wanted to build it cash. My wife leans over and says, God want, I feel like God wants us to give $25,000. I'm like, I don't feel that. <laughs> I was feeling 10. <laughs> Because I had 10, 10 was easy, I could give 10, but 25 was a stretch. But all of a sudden, God said, hey, it's time to go to the next level. It's time to put a little weight on the end. And we gave 25,000, 50,000. Then I remember the first time we gave 100,000. I never dreamed, I remember, I mean, I never dreamed I'd have 100,000, let alone be able to give $100,000. But seven years earlier, we made a, we made a goal to give $100,000. It was seven years. We wrote the check out to our church seven years before we were able to put it in the offering for $100,000. One day, we're going to give $100,000 to the house of God for the miracle offering. And it was seven years before we were able to give it. But we just kept working our way up to it, just working our way up to it. I would encourage you to think about that next week as you give. You're just working your way up to those big things that God wants to do in you and through you. I dare you to believe the rest of your year really could be the best of your year. Four simple things. Get some wisdom. Get some books and things. Learn some new things. Accept responsibility. Respond generously to God and watch his favor. Expect his favor to show up in your life and things will never be the same again. Father, I thank you today for your word. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just going to look across the building one time. When I count to three, in just a moment, I'm going to look one time. When I count to three, here's who I want to raise your hand. Number one, 
If you've never received that gift we were just talking about from God, for God loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. He gave his son because he wanted a family. If you're here today and you've never become part of God's family, you've just never received that gift, Jesus, into your life, and you say, Dave, you know what? Today, I'm gonna make a decision to accept Jesus into my life, to put God first place in my life. If you're that person, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Number two, if you're here, maybe you've asked him into your heart before, but you say, Dave, I've allowed some things into my life, some things that have separated me in my relationship with God, and he's not first place, but when I leave here today, I wanna know I'm putting him back first place in my life. You talk about a decision that'll make the rest of your year, the best, that'll make the rest of your life the best of your life. If you're one of those two people, when I count to three, just lift your hand real quick. Say, Dave, when you pray that prayer, pray for me. One, two, three. Let me see your hands real quick. Hands all over the, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, thank you for hands in every section. Lord, I thank you that you don't just give us a desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You don't condemn us, but you do convict us. And you show us areas of our life and things in our heart that just may not be pleasing to you. But Lord, you said it's, it's real simple. If we would give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. You'd turn the page to a brand new chapter, a new day will begin in our life today. You said, if we believe in our heart, it's that simple, believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord. I want everyone in this room to say it with me. Say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, my Lord. is my Lord. Tell you what, that decision right there will put you on the path to making the rest of your life the best of your life. They're gonna give you some more things that'll help you. One more time as pastors come and say the rest of my year, will be the best of my year.